Welcome to season two of the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. On the show, we'll look at the who, what, where, why, when, and how of moving out of your education career and into a life you love. In this season, we'll meet ex-teachers who have taken their hobbies and passions from outside of education and created a new career for themselves. We'll talk to people who can support and inspire us as we make the transition and work on identifying the legacy we want to leave in the world. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. Episode 17. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. And on today's show, I'm very pleased to be interviewing Ross McKinnon, who is a Christian ministry I'll start, say that again. He's a Christian ministry trainee, but he's a, a recovering maths teacher. <laughs> Hi, Ross. Welcome to the show. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks. So Ross and I, full disclosure, Ross and I go to church together when uh, we're not restricted by Zoom church. And so that's how we know one another. Um, so Ross, tell us what got you into teaching in the first place. Mm. Uh, well, believe it or not, I wanted, when I left high school, I wanted to be an actor. And my wise parents said to me, um, perhaps it'll be hard to find a career as an actor, Ross. So you should, um, you should study something where you can do that too, but you have a backup. So I, I enrolled in teaching and arts so that I could have the backup. Uh, and basically, as I did my course, I realised I didn't want to be an actor. Um, it, that I think was lucky. Up a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my 18-year-old self wasn't, wasn't telling me the truth. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I, I loved my teaching rounds. Um, yeah, I just, it was so great. So I thought, yeah, I'll do it. Awesome. And so um, what, what was the context? Like how, when, where did you start off and what year levels were you teaching? Mm, um, uh, I, I was really lucky when I got my job. They made it really easy on me in the interview. Um, and they said, um, well, they told me I'd be teaching a different thing to what I was when I rocked up day one. <laughs> um, but basically I... Um, I did some year 12 maths most years, uh, each year actually, I did it for five years teaching, um, and some, a, lot, a couple of other senior maths things and a little bit of junior maths, but mostly senior maths in high school. And I do know that you also were heavily involved in the school productions. Do you want to tell us a bit yes. about that? Yeah, it's like I got to be the actor without having to work as an actor, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I did a lot of, each year I helped out with the school production as well, but I was... I didn't ever teach any drama classes and I even started requesting not to get a drama allotment because I just really liked maths teaching. Right. Okay. So, so you, so you did teach drama? Oh, no, I know. I never taught it. And then I even started requesting not to each year on my like allotment form. Oh, okay. So you asked to, to not do it. So I guess, yeah. uh, but you still had the fun of doing the school production. Yes. Yep. The fun slash stress. <laughs> Uh, 60% of my real job yeah. time allotment. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, we've all been there. Okay, well, maybe not everyone who's listening, but um, I'm sure that many teachers have been sucked into some extracurricular project that uh, became overwhelming and yeah. at the expense of everything they were actually meant to be doing all week. <laughs> all right, so, so Ross, what was the tipping point then that, got, that made you decide to get out of teaching? Mm, um, that's interesting because in many ways I was quite content teaching. Like I, I didn't hate my job. In fact, I really liked my job. Um, and I was doing a lot of hours, but I was enjoying it. Like 
you know, school production was hard work and I would stay there till seven o'clock sometimes, but I didn't care. I liked it. Um, but sort of boiling in the back of my mind for a number of years since I'd finished uni was whether I might uh, do something else. So whether I would do um, this thing that I'm doing now, trained to be some sort of Christian ministry worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't really given it much thought. Um, probably it coincided with getting a girlfriend who I'm now married to and her saying, you'd be really good at this. You should consider it. But I didn't, I didn't think that's what was, what was changing at the time, but that's probably a big player. Um, And maybe some other people saying, Hey, you'd be really good at this. Um, Why don't you consider doing this? And um, so I think I just had started to consider that. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, probably um, I think a lot of people maybe listening are thinking, um, Oh, I want out of teaching. It was a little bit different for me. I actually loved teaching, um, but there was, in some ways, uh, was, there was better things to consider. Um, yeah, okay. It was a richer okay. horizon. Yeah, a richer horizon. That's a lovely way of putting it. So you, you had some encouragement from various sources, from your girlfriend and also from other people, presumably from church mm. um, and other, other ministry places that you were involved in. Was there fear around making that transition? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think that was actually my biggest, um, my biggest apprehension. Like in some ways it was a no brainer, right? There was a lot of good things about it. Um, this, this coming into this Christian ministry traineeship, but um, uh, the fear existed in that I, not only did I like my job, but uh, there was a lot of enticing things about keeping my teaching job. So um I had a, an ongoing position. Uh, it was full-time, which is what I wanted. Uh, it was close to home. Um, I got along with my colleagues. Um, it was just like it was comfortable and easy. And um, in that sense, the call was really strong of kind of what ticks the boxes. Um, and so I, I was really uh, struggling to, I think, give up those things. Um, I felt like, and I, re- I realized once I got, when I started my new thing, I got out of teaching that um, the, it was like the call was really strong and, and everyone was just saying, no, this is, stay doing this. Um, this is, this is safe. This is easy. But then actually I was, uh, I felt very free when I finished teaching and realized uh, those things were kind of lies. Like, um, so I'm getting much less salary now, but I don't, I don't care. Like, and there's cost consequences, of course, but um, it doesn't outweigh the benefits. Um, I don't see my friends. That was a big thing. Oh, I've got these friends. I've been friends with them for five years. I work with them every day and I love them. Um, but, and I miss them sometimes, but I don't regret making the change. Um, and when you say your friends, you're talking about your teacher colleagues. Yeah. As in my colleagues. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd have the same desk next to this guy that started the same year as me when I started teaching. Mm. We, were good, we were we were genuine friends. We did stuff outside of work occasionally. Um, maybe that's how males do their friendships. We were friends. We worked together. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I don't feel like, um, and I don't see them much anymore, but I don't feel like those things that I lost actually outweighed the benefits nearly as much as I thought they would. Right. Okay. So, so we, we said there was fear. It sounds like... It, the way you described it, it was almost like there were these enticing voices saying, come this way, little child, and, and I'll lure you into the forest. And, and so you're saying that the, those comforts of the teaching job were almost like 
uh, siren song to lure you, lure you away from what you actually needed to do, what your core purpose was. Am I on 100%. the right track there? Yeah, because even other things like, um, oh, I got this two-year position as a performing arts coordinator. And but when I had left, I was halfway through that position. But there's something that says, oh, I shouldn't leave that fairly. Um, uh, even though I've been given this position, of course I can leave, you know, they just appoint another person, I don't care. Um, but I felt like, oh, this is my next step. And then after that, I think probably I'd like to be a year level coordinator because I want some leadership experience in teaching. And there's always kind of this thing that you're progressing towards. Um, yeah. Even yeah. though I don't feel like I was a, like a climber particularly, that wasn't my big goal. There were still things I wanted to do. Hmm. Yeah. And so that there was a natural progression, just a career progression that you were going to follow if you'd stayed there. Yeah. Yep. And even all it has is long service leave. I'd been teaching for five years after two more years, maybe I should stay for two more years of teaching, cash out my long service leave. So just for yeah. our international listeners, cause not everyone gets that we, we've had a very strong union uh, uh, movement in the, in Australia over many years. And so one of the benefits of working somewhere is that after 10 years, you get long service leave, but you can take it pro rata after seven years. And so when I left, I think I had about 13 weeks of paid leave up my sleeve when I left. It's not, it's unrelated to sick leave or anything else. It's just a payout for sticking at it for that long. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound nice, doesn't it? Yeah, you stuck well, it out, have some yeah, leave. That's it. Well, the thing was though, it, you know, it, I, I, it evaporated pretty quickly. 13 weeks wasn't that long in the, in the scheme of things. Okay, so um, so when you did decide to leave, finally, how what was the catalyst? Like, how did you overcome that fear then, or that, or maybe more not really the fear, but like that lure of of the, the comfortable the comfortable life and the the secure life and the life that felt really quite easy on you. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I think a, a lot of it was coming to terms with um, what actually mattered. So. You know, you think about this question of like um, perhaps purpose or what do you want to get out of your life long term? And I realised that um, teaching wasn't going to serve those things in the same way that this apprenticeship was. And so I realised, um, actually, I think that the kind of turning point was when I realised um, that I I actually need, needed to be able to let go of those things. Um, so I thought that I had to have a reliable salary. Um, I thought that I had to have a full-time job and an ongoing position because those things are the most important. And I, I think I realised, I think when I realised that actually those were not the most important things to me, um, it, was, it became very freeing. And then, and then the decision became a no-brainer because I was almost weighing these things up, right? Um, I, I love my teaching job. It's got all these reliability things. Um, but also I really want to do this ministry apprenticeship um, it will help me grow in my ability to talk to other people about my faith and about Jesus. Um, and, you know, I could do it for two years because it's a two-year commitment and I could go back to teaching. So, um, oh, but then I'd have to give up a few things. Like it sort of, all, all of a sudden I realised, no, nah, these things didn't really matter if I gave them up. Um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't what was important. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So tell us a bit about what life looks like for you now. Like what's the day in the life of Ross McKinnon look like as a ministry yeah. trainee? <laughs> um, yeah, sounds COVID. Um, things look like uh, going down to Deakin Uni, um, 
and meeting up with students every day. So I'm doing my traineeship um, uh, with an organisation that puts staff workers on a uni campus at, at Deakin to support the Christian club to run. So uh, I meet up with students and read the Bible in either triplets or one-to-one. -one. Um, it might mean a couple of like big uh, meetings for the club and, and helping out there and chatting with people and developing contacts. Um, in some ways, things are quite similar to teaching. Like I spend a lot of my day um, opening the Bible with people and actually like talking to them about it. Like I might be scaffolding this concept or, um, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, so sort of like, maybe a balance between tutoring sort of that kind of vibe and a bit of mentorship maybe yeah yep absolutely so that that actually segues really nicely into what transferable skills did you bring out of teaching and into your new role mm. yeah i think um i'm very thankful for having done my five years of teaching um because when i like things just don't stress me out that would if i hadn't so like i don't know walking into a meeting and not having thought about what I'm about to do, but knowing that I can just, um, it. yeah. And like communicate it well enough that someone might understand what I'm talking about or getting up at the front of a meeting and doing an announcement like, Oh, I'm used to talking in front of people. Like they're different people, they're a different audience. And I'm not like, as a teacher, you kind of have this authority like over the whole room, which you don't, but yeah, I just don't worry about what I'm going to say when I get up in front of people or, Mm. when I meet one-to-one -one with people in a way that I think a lot of other people do have to think about it and stress about right. it. Okay. So that's, that's a great, um, just ha having that up your sleeve is a great skill to have. What else, mm. what else did you bring out of teaching out of education? Uh, I mean, I think I got a lot of life skills as I did my teaching. Um, so like just so many things in the workplace are transferable, right? Like the ability to not get flooded by emails and not know how to respond to them or, um, I don't know, organise your time. Teaching time is quite rigid, but you do have a lot of time which you've got to, it's discretionary time, right? When do I do my marking? When do I, mm. all that sort of stuff. So in some ways, just life skills are highly transferable or like working life skills. So are you talking about like managing your schedule, that kind of stuff? Yeah, managing my schedule, um, knowing what to put in it, what, um, how to get things done efficiently um, or, the, or not overworking like learning how to um, not just keep on working endlessly and never get the jobs done, but being satisfied with saying I've done enough for today, all that sort of stuff. So, so you, I guess you're talking about process goals rather than um, outcome goals. So actually being able to say I've done X hours of work towards this ultimate goal and that's going to have to do for today because I have a life. Yes. Yeah. So I probably said that I, less I in teaching. Sorry, say that again. I've probably said that less in teaching to myself, but I think in the last couple of years of teaching, I, I developed that skill and it's been really transferable. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think a lot of teachers really struggle with that, that skill, actually, from, from my experience, talking to them all the time. Um, and so, so, Ross, on your way out, um, did you have to do any other training or I guess this is kind of what you're doing now. Can you tell mm. us a little bit about what's the training aspect of this new role? Mm, um, so in some ways, yeah, what, like I said, what I'm doing is my training, my traineeship. Um, but in the long term, if I want to work sort of at a, um, say a qualified wage, um, working towards something equivalent to teaching, um, I need to have another degree, or at least what I want to pursue, I'll have another degree. So what it will look like for me is this is my second year of a two-year 
kind of practical traineeship and then I'll go to study next year. So this is three... like the teaching round aspect. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. This is like the two-year teaching round. Um, and then it'll be three or four years of theological study. Um, and then after that, um, perhaps being in some sort of like a church pastor or something like that or back at uni but not in a trainee capacity but in a, a qualified capacity. Right, okay, yeah. And so you'd be, if you went back to the university, you, you'd be doing similar work, but you'd be the one mentoring the trainees and that kind of thing. Uh, yep, yep, Possibly. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, now uh, in the Get Out of Teaching group, I put a post um, a few days ago asking if anyone had any um, questions that they wanted uh, answered on the podcast. And so you're my guinea pig because this is the first time I've done the Q&A uh, section. And so I have a question here from Michelle Kenny, who I'm sure won't mind being named. Um, and she asks, how do you find a job that will match your teacher income without going back to college or university for another degree? So I don't know if you're really qualified to answer this question, Ross. What do you think? <laughs> you just said you want to go back to uni and do another degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in some ways, uh, not that it's the wrong question, but do you need to have the same wage? So maybe, I, I don't I don't know this situation, maybe she needs to have the same financial capacity, but I actually, I've found I'm not missing uh, what I had in my teaching finances. Um, I make about half as much now, I think, um, and that will scale up, but um, I'm, like, I don't, I don't have a bad quality of life. I don't miss my huge salary. I don't know, maybe I want to challenge the question. Um, do you even need to find a job with the same finance? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so you're, so how would you, I mean, you know, you've taken a pretty big pay cut. If you're taking a 50% pay cut, that's a massive pay cut. How, how, how do you manage that? Okay. What, what's changed for you in terms of the quality of your life or the, the experiences that you get to have or your, you know, outcomes like financial outcomes? Mm, um, well, I was I was a young single male when I uh, when I was getting my teaching wage, and I just wasted a lot of money. Um, I think I've there's there's this line, um, money sticks, um, and so when you the more money you have, you just want, you want to keep it, and the more money you spend, um, and so I don't like maybe I'm not going out for breakfast all the time and having smashed avo, um, and maybe um, my uh, so I'm at the stage where considering buying a house. And so I'm actually thinking now, oh, well, I probably won't buy a house in the next few years, but maybe I will 10 years down the track or five years down the track or three years down the track. Um, so I guess there are some consequences, like I don't have as much disposable income. Yeah. Um, but I, I really don't think um, there's been huge changes. I think I just don't waste as much money as I did. Right. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Well, that, that, I think that's a, a thought-provoking answer anyway. So hopefully that's helpful to people listening. So if you were going to advise someone who might be considering leaving education, but they're feeling stuck right now, what advice would you give to them? Hmm. Uh, well, maybe just to kind of, uh, my advice would be to realise that things seem harder before you leave than what they do after you leave. So uh, kind of uh, check, do a bit of a reality check on what feels to be the case, but maybe isn't the case, which is really hard to assess, right? 
you know, you, you can't tell that it's all those things that I said really made like the siren song was happening until I left. But I am. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. That would be my encouragement, I guess. Yeah. So, so I guess what you're saying is that you've got insight now from now that you're outside of that context that you just didn't have in the context. And the only mm. way to know if it's going to be okay is to do it and then you'll know. Yeah. And some of it's fear of change too, right? Um, the mm. unknown that's, that's uncomfortable. And I, I hate change. I don't know about you, but I th- you, you probably don't hate change. You like change. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm content with no change in life. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky because I'm married to someone who really does not like change. <laughs> um, that's like the, uh, the, he's the, I don't know, like the, the shadow side or I'm his shadow side or something, you know, the corollary so that um, there's always a, a bit of balance. Yes. <laughs> so he's always on, erring on the side of caution. I'm like, let's throw caution to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not so, me at all. I, I can't yeah. relate. So you're, you don't throw caution to the wind and yet here you are on half the salary and newly wed with like... <laughs> At, on face value, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about how stupid that sounds, Ross. Yeah, it does sound stupid, doesn't it? It <laughs> 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 doesn't feel stupid, but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm glad but, I made the change. Yeah, okay. So, But in the eyes of the world, that, is, that seems like a really f- sort of reckless thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So, You're Ross... Confronting what? me with the truths. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, there you go. Well, I'm going to ask you, though, what's life like for you now? I mean, not what you do day to day, but like, how does it feel? Oh, I'm, I love life. Um, I really do. Um, but, and part of that, I think, um, is the knowing that I'm doing what I, like I thought about what's most important to me. And so now I'm doing that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's great. I'm pursuing what I want to be pursuing yeah. So no regrets? No regrets. Awesome. Matt, are there any, I wonder if that's, if that's overinflating the truth. Um, I shouldn't just say it without thinking. No, I, I definitely don't regret leaving teaching. Um, and there are things that, of course, are different. And, you know, I miss things. Like I see a picture of um, the school swimming carnival and all my friends dressed up in a costume. And I remember how, oh, there was that time that we all dressed up in Pac-Man outfits and... I was the red one. Like, you know, I, I yeah, so sad, but yeah, but they're not regrets. Like I, I, I'm not wishing that I hadn't left teaching in yeah. the slightest. Yeah. Okay. So Ross, um, just to wrap this up today, what's the legacy that you want to leave in the world? Mm. Um, this is probably part of what made me change from teaching. Um, so I realized when I sort of balanced everything up, that what was most important to me was my Christian faith. Um, and I wanted to be working in something where I could kind of serve in that the most, if you will. So if I wanted to be orienting my whole life towards serving God, um, could I do that as well in teaching as what I can now? And I think that was the, that was kind of that tipping point that I described when I, when I weighed up my values, weighed up the pros and cons of leaving. Um, So maybe what is my legacy? Uh, Maybe to live my life, um, for God or something like that um, and I think I realised I could do that much better in something else that wasn't teaching even though I loved teaching 
Yeah. So, so if I can just kind of, um, I guess, summarize that, it sounds like you left a life that you loved in teaching, but you've now, uh, you've now moved into creating a life for yourself that is more aligned with your, your values and your priorities and your, your purpose, which is to bring honor to God, I guess. Mm. Does that sound as a summary? Perfect. You did it much better than I did. (laughs) Oh, thanks Ross. And thank you so much for coming on the get out of teaching podcast today. It's been a pleasure interviewing you. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises with your host, Elizabeth Diakos. Do you know someone else who could benefit from hearing more stories of hope and transition from teachers all around the world? Please take a moment to share this and other episodes via your podcast app. Each share helps me reach listeners just like you who can benefit from this content. The Get Out of Teaching podcast is proud to be part of the Experts On Air podcast network. For show notes and other resources, please visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.